0: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard sometimes, and there are many pathways in navigating the inevitable ups and downs of life. In riding these waves, I look to my yoga practice and also therapy. We all go through tough times like big life changes, periods of instability, conflict, or loss. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist entirely online, which is Very convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Take the questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if it's not the right match for you, no worries. You can change your therapist for no additional charge. Sometimes getting started in therapy is the hardest part. To make it a little bit easier, go to the link provided in the show notes or go to visit betterhelp.com slash yoga and podcast today to get 10% off your first month. Welcome to the Yoga Ann Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, a yoga teacher and embodiment teacher who is living and learning every day in the wonderful Austin, Texas. And I'm curious about all things Yoga and. And lately, for a while now on the show, I have been exclusively in- interviewing people, people from the yoga world who are contributing to their communities in creative healing and innovative ways. And today we will explore the subject of yoga and increasing peace with the inspiring Myra Shaikh. Myra is a yoga teacher and the founder of Austin Yoga Teachers Community based in Austin, Texas. And that's how I met her. Uh, We will be discussing all about yoga and how it can contribute to minimizing suffering and maximizing peace in your own life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is yoga teacher and bridge builder, Myra Shaikh, mother of two and founder of the Austin Yoga Teacher Community. Hey, Myra, how are you? Hi Ashley, I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on the show and uh, I love what you're about. And um, for those who are listening, who um, might might be new to meeting you, um, would you like to introduce yourself a little more to the listeners? Sure.
1: Um, I guess I can start from the beginning. Uh, I'm a first-generation Pakistani-American uh, my parents were newlyweds in an arranged marriage when they moved to the U.S., and I was born nine months later, and um, needless to say, I had a very interesting upbringing. Um, it was quite difficult for me to live in between two cultures. The way my parents raised me was pretty conservative and mm. strict, and I wasn't allowed to do a lot of the things that your average American red-blooded, you know, kid would be doing, you know, sleepovers, even wearing sleeveless and shorts and things like that were um, not something I was allowed to do. So it was pretty difficult growing up. Um, I also was bullied. I also experienced some racism, unfortunately. And, um, you know, my parents, they struggled also quite a bit because they didn't really have much when they moved here. And so my dad Um, he was a nuclear engineer. That's what he studied. And he couldn't get a job because he was a foreigner. And so um, he had to go back to school again, got a second master's in chemical engineering. And then finally got a job. But my like, they were struggling and I was pretty young and Mm -hmm. they were trying, you know, my mom was only 20 when she had me. And so they were doing their best. and, And so there was kind of a lot kind of that's kind of stemmed from my childhood of being told certain things from my family and then seeing and witnessing different things at school and being around different cultures and races and religions. And so there was um, a lot of confusion, I think, growing up for me and also a feeling of not belonging and feeling lonely a, a lot and isolated a lot. And so, and also I had undiagnosed ADHD. So add that to the mix. Um, and I struggled quite a bit. and. I guess it was in college where i just realized i was always really philosophical i would think a lot and question uh life a lot and in psychology studying psychology i think that really started a new path of spiritual awakening of questioning everything of kind of abandoning all of the dogma and Mm. uh, realizing that i um, always kind of felt like the black sheep and that maybe there are certain structures, but that doesn't mean this is the only right way to be. Uh, I'm just trying to fit it like, you know, a square peg into a round hole. And that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just me trying to be someone who I'm not, which is maybe contributing to my suffering. And so, you know, I just really committed because of my past experiences to learning as much as I could about what can help me be happier and decrease the amount of suffering that I've experienced or that I will experience in life. I just, you know, was just tired and fed up of feeling down all the time. And I wanted to take more accountability and ownership over my life. So I just decided to abandon everything and just became a clean slate and a student of life essentially. And so I'm trying to make this as concise as possible. I just I just started to read philosophy, religion. I watched Oprah. I, you know, like I just researched and I committed myself to living a healthy lifestyle. And I stumbled across yoga after I became a mom, actually. Oh. And, um, I think that was just the new chapter in my life It was just the first time I felt like a light bulb finally went on and everything just finally started to make sense. So that's kind of how I ended up into yoga and now I'm here.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. And I think in your on your website you say that um I'm paraphrasing but language of the soul is what kind of how yoga felt to you. Right. And how relieving that must feel that you found this thing that speaks to your soul like that. Um so yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And you found yoga, I think it said in 2013, is that correct?
1: That's right, uh, in 2013. So um, my, my daughter, my second born, she, had, she was just maybe a year old. And mm-hmm. so after my son was born, I mentioned I had undiagnosed ADHD. When I studied mm-hmm. psychology in college, that's kind of when I realized what ADHD was and I identified with it. But I didn't do anything about it until after my son was born because I realized, okay, like now I'm responsible for another living being and I can't be forgetful and scatterbrained. I really want to be the best mom I can be. And so I need help. And I I feel like there's a lot of stigma when it comes to mental health and May being um, Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so yeah, maybe Mental Health Awareness Month, I just wanted to touch upon that a little bit, that there is a lot of stigma, and um, I want to be as transparent as possible. So ADHD was something I had, and I grew up with, and I n- never really knew anything about it, and I, when I started to learn about it, and I would talk about it, everyone, like my parents and my friends, they would be like, oh, you don't have it, you know, and I always believed, like, they would tell me, like, I just needed to apply myself, you know, like, I needed to try harder, I needed to focus more, and they would tell me, like, oh, well, when you want to do something, you can do it, or you're just being lazy, and um, so I started to believe those things, and it really affected my sense of self-worth, you know, Um, and I, I really felt bad about myself, because it's like, okay, well, if only I tried harder, you know, and it was like, I always felt like I was around all of these strong swimmers and I'm like struggling to stay afloat and nobody can understand why, you know, and I can't even understand why it's so hard for me when it seems so easy for everybody else to get along Mm -hmm. Um, and they make it look so easy and graceful, but I felt like I was defective. And then when I decided to go to the doctor, get my official diagnosis and start medication, that was, a huge component, I finally felt a sense of clarity and direction mm-hmm. to where I felt like m- there was just so more momentum, and you know in I was more productive, I was able to reach goals that I was never able to before, um, so it helped quite a bit to start the medication, and it was after that after my daughter was born that I found um, yoga, and yeah, like you said, I felt like I find my soul finally discovered its native language it was Mm. like i was walking around in this world where nothing really made sense until i found yoga philosophy
0: Mm. so today is about um, yoga and increasing peace Uh, so let's talk a little bit about that because it sounds like on your journey yoga has in fact increased your own peace Uh, would you like to speak to that some
1: sure um so when I had just moved to Buda, my daughter was a month and a half. Uh, we moved from Houston, so I mean, he's, his yeah, he's <laughs> I can't speak right now, um, native, and um, my daughter was a month and a half, we moved to Houston, uh, to Buda, and I was, again, a mom of two, had a baby who was colicky in a new city, in a new house, trying to figure out everything, and kind of forgetting who I was and so I just you know and that was kind of where I was really committed to trying to find the things that I could do to to be happy you know and, and try to take a little bit more ownership and accountability over my life so I wasn't feeling crappy all the time and so I you know decided to go to the YMCA which was close by and they had yoga classes there but I was always kind of intimidated you know I, had to take baby steps. So started with Zumba. It was like my first group fitness class. Um, and then did that for about a month. And I slowly started to see progression and build that confidence. And then I had to work up to the yoga class because it was like all the people who went in were like really lean and svelte looking and there was no window. So I never knew what was going on. I had never even, you know, seen yoga or what it was like. So it was completely foreign. And so I just finally went for it. And I took my first class. And uh, I was like the elephant in the room. I didn't know what I was doing. I had never been able to touch my toes my whole life. I was very clumsy and awkward and not graceful. Like spatial awareness is another thing that ADHDers like have to struggle with.
0: Oh, I didn't know that
1: yeah so like people who confuse left and right that's common with ADHD mm-hmm. and like bumping into things a lot and yeah so it was never really graceful never a dancer never into sports or gymnastics or anything and yeah, for whatever reason I really enjoy the yoga classes because the instructor really tied in the philosophy of yoga so it was kind of away from the ego which is very much unlike any other act like workout or sport or anything that I had ever done. Cause there's always this competitive nature almost, yes. you know, when it comes to athletics mm. and, um, and yoga was so different from that. And so it almost felt like I was in a therapy <laughs> group or a therapy, yeah. therapy class and I didn't even realize that an hour had passed and I had been working out. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like a workout to me. And so I was hooked pretty early on. And then I started seeing progression in my body in ways that I never thought were possible. So that was where the shift happened is like, I started really deconstructing all of the stories that I believed about myself. And I started realizing a lot of the things that I thought I couldn't ever do are wrong. Like I can do them. You know, it isn't that my legs are too long. That's why I can't (laughs) just, it's just like. I have to be consistent, and I just, you know, that's the key, consistency, and not giving up. Yeah,
0: so I like to ask, especially I like to ask yoga teachers um, on the show, what is your personal definition of yoga? Um,
1: so to me, yoga philosophy is a way of life. Um, it's a tool to help us, as, as I said, increase peace and decrease suffering. I, I believe it helps us reconnect with our authentic nature. Uh, It helps us to respond instead of react. Mm. Um, And it helps us to see things as they truly are. So yoga means to yoke or union, you know, and it's like, it means to bring together, to come together with our true nature, with, you know, our own inner divinity and wisdom, but also with all living beings around us as well.
0: Well, that, I mean, that is a great explanation. I, I, really, I really like that. The Thank respond you. rather than react is why I do yoga exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, right. what, so then, you know, we, we talked about yoga, but what does peace mean to you exactly? Um, I believe peace is a state of
1: being that can only come from within. Um, it's a calmness or a stillness despite the chaotic environment around us. Um, It's a feeling of contentment and an absence of fear. Mm. Um, I believe it's a deep-rooted feeling of security, knowing that everything's gonna be okay. It's like a trust, a hope, a faith, and
0: acceptance. Nice. So you teach a variety of people. I know you teach um, seniors, prenatal, um, you have online programming, so you have a kind of a global outreach. Would you say that the underlying theme in all your teachings is about peace or is it about something else or is it a variety of things?
1: Um, Yeah, so I've taught kids as young as three all the way to seniors in their 80s and um, I taught the Austin Slott team a few times which as you may know they're the toughest group of predominantly male law enforcement officers. And um, I believe that the common theme in all of my classes is to connect to our breath Mm -hmm. and to connect to our bodies, um, become more self-aware so we can be more aware of our uh, our thought patterns also. So it's just a, a process of getting to know ourselves at a deeper level, maybe, uh, in ways that we had forgotten, you know, uh, as children, I believe we are more in tune with that. You know, we don't think so much about what other people are going to think. Uh, we just, you know, we just are, you know, and, and it's just like this pure essence that kind of gets diluted through like social domestication almost, you know? Oh Yeah. And then we start to try to be in ways where we believe we have to be in order to be deemed worthy by society, uh, or to be accepted. Um, and then if we aren't accepted, because we are social animals, you know, we are uh, we're meant to be around others and to be a part uh, of other, or, you know, a part of a group or a community. And uh, especially now, I feel like that's just so difficult, right? Yes. Um, be
0: isolated. So I've been interviewing people left and right, so I can feel connected. Like (laughs) quite literally the podcast came alive because of the isolation.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's funny because my, my daughter, especially, I feel like she and my husband are very similar. They, um, they are very much extroverted and they like to be around others. And so they really struggle. I think sometimes maybe unknowingly with feelings of loneliness um and it comes out in different ways and sometimes for her at least and my husband's you know an adult now and he's kind of really uh, been able to kind of tap into that and work through that a lot but for her it's just she really gets anxiety from being alone and she mm-hmm. wants constantly like since she was a baby she wanted like high maintenance you know she wanted attention she wanted you know company and she didn't my son I could live in the pack and play for like an hour and he'd be totally fine playing by himself but yeah. and that's kind of how I am but my daughter is a different story so my husband said like you know from now on both of you my both kids are going to have to take one hour in their room to play by themselves and for her, it was, like, torture. <laughs> it was, like, she's oh, yeah. dying. She's eight. And she was, like, no, I hate it. You hate me. And, like, she's accusing us of hating her. And you <laughs> know. Uh, it's just, but, and it's hard, you know, like, for her to believe, like, we are abandoning her, you know, and even though that's not the case. Yeah. And, but sh- that's how she feels, almost. Like, we're abandoning her, reject- rejecting her. Mm-hmm. And after, like, five, ten minutes of her, like, crying in her room and screaming, she, she decided to, you know, make the most of it. And like last night, you know, we, when I checked in and I was like, so, you know, what did you do during your one hour? She's like, well, I meditated and and I played with my rainbow loom and I made bracelets and and she was like, had a smile on her face. And I, and I was like, so you enjoyed it. And she's like, yeah, it was actually fun. And I was like, well, that's great. You know, like, We have to learn how to be our own friend, we have to be okay with our own company, we have to learn how to love ourselves Mm -hmm. before we can expect anyone else to love us, you know, and it's that I think that is the key is like we don't know sometimes how to love ourselves, just as we are. And we really look externally for reasons why we are lovable, you know, like validation or status or money or attention, whatever, you know, looks, whatever it may be that will give us that affirmation that we are worthy and we are lovable when we don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, again, coming to that realization is the key to increasing peace and decreasing
0: suffering. <laughs> like that's, yeah. I think that's the
1: foundation.
0: That, I mean, that is a great explanation. And um, I'm sure people with kids probably love hearing the st- what you're talking about, da- your daughter, who's an extrovert, learning to be by herself and then learning the lesson and actually even enjoying right. being by herself. And so we have a a variety of people listening. Some people are new to yoga who might be listening. And so for those people, I'm going to ask, um, so how specifically can yoga cultivate tools for creating peacefulness in your own life? Those who aren't really well-versed in yoga, what do you, what do you say for that?
1: So, I feel like there's a lot of opinions, um, d- different schools of thought when it comes to yoga. You know, there's different lineages. It is a very ancient practice and people try to honor that, which is a great thing. And I think we, we should remember where yoga came from. But I believe that sometimes people may lose sight and it's just like religion, right? You may lose sight of that deeper underlying intention of what it was meant to to teach us as humans and they start making it more dogmatic. And so that's the one thing I want to make very clear across the board is that I found yoga because I was trying to get away from dogma. And that's the thing that brought me to yoga was like, there is no dogma, it is what you need it to be. Mm, Yeah. And it can look like hot vinyasa. It can look like yin yoga or restorative or dog yoga or goat yoga. There is no wrong way. It may not be right for you the way someone else is practicing, but that doesn't mean it's wrong for them, you know, because we're all different. We all have different needs. We all have different life experiences. Mm -hmm. And so... We can't judge others. I mean, we have to turn that magnifying glass inwards, right? Mm-hmm. And I love, there's a quote that I always remember. Your perception of me is a reflection of you, and my reaction to you is an awareness of me.
0: Ooh, Ooh. I've never heard that quote before.
1: I don't know who said it. I've just seen it um, online. And I just, it really drew me in because it reminded me again, the way you treat me says everything about you. It doesn't say anything about me. And the way I respond or react to you says everything about me, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's all it boils down to is that we're not going to be able to control what happens in life or in our environment and our circumstances. All we can control is what we do about it. You know how we choose to see the world, our perspective, and all of that is within our control. So, going back to your question about yoga, I think it is again, it's like a kind of a a guideline almost like a philosophy or a way of living to continue. And it may be different for everyone, you know. Maybe it's not yoga, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's, uh, you know, Tai Chi or whatever, you know, or you're, you're. gardening your your tool of choice, but whatever connects you mm-hmm. to your essence you know to that mm-hmm. feeling of peace and contentment and just you know happiness from within, I think that that is yoga, so it, it may you know I feel like there is no one size fits all
0: yeah Not that that is good for you yeah, that is a great answer, and going back to what you said in the beginning about when you first discovered yoga and how an hour went by and you had like, it went so fast. Mm -hmm. I think whatever it is that you find in your life that makes you feel like that, like time is not a thing. Absolutely. Um, Yeah.
1: You can get lost in it and it's almost like you're in the flow state, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you're in that flow state. You're just like, you're so in tune with yourself. Your mind is so clear and you're, you're feeling joy. It doesn't feel like work. it it feels pleasant, right? And even yoga sometimes feels like work, but you don't mind it as much, right? Because you know the purpose of it. We have to sometimes experience discomfort in order to grow. I mean, that's just the nature of things. just like gardening or toiling away at anything that you do. You have to put in the work, but you kind of enjoy that Mm -hmm. work.
0: Labor of love. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, You have some online programming. You have um, one called Get Your Body Back. Was that um, inspired by becoming a mother? Or what inspires you when you make your online programming in general?
1: So Get Your Body Back was actually a program that um, my employer, Zeke Truth, they had reached out to me um, and asked me if I would be interested in developing this program. They already had a name for it. And, uh, you know, they basically had this vision and they, they saw that I was a mother who kind of had her own journey and, um, you know, got into health and fitness um, predominantly through yoga. And they wanted me to develop a program that would help other new moms um, find the same benefits through yoga. And of going based on what people search on YouTube, you know, uh, off of like those, uh, stats and everything, this, the buzzwords, the keywords, they said that people are looking for weight loss and power yoga and like all of those things, you know, that are more kind of, um, uh, aesthetic, <laughs> you know, like yeah, the way I want to, you know, burn fat and I feel like, okay, I get it. Cause that was me, <laughs> you know, like, that's why I also went into yoga, but. It ended up being just the tip of the iceberg, you know, like Uh it blew my mind. And, and I want people to do yoga because they love themselves, not because they hate their body. Yes. Really try to kind of tie that theme into my classes. So it says, get your body back, but we have always had our body. We have our body. It's, you know, we're not getting it back from anywhere. We have our body. And it's about, like, I guess, loving your body as it is through the process of yoga, no matter what your size is, no matter what you look like, no matter what your capabilities are, it's the process of being at, uh, as one with your body, right? Not feeling that disconnect. Mm from yourself from your body that you know that separation right and so again it's like that unity that is the definition of yoga
0: yeah that's
1: great that's kind of yeah i use that as an opportunity to reach more people too you know and Mm -hmm. um, as many people as i can through this platform um, to help people not be afraid of a little bit of challenge to help them realize their fullest potential, no matter where they are in their journey, you know, and uh, I realized they wanted me to do power yoga videos and weight loss videos. And so that's what I did. But then I realized a lot of these people are struggling because they are new to yoga or, you know, like they, they haven't built up to that level yet. So then I, I suggested that we create this 14 day beginner series to help people prepare for the get your body back program. So in that beginner series I break it down into you know, into digestible pieces that are more accessible for the true beginner. Mm-hmm. I explain everything, you know, like Chaturanga explains on A, on B, on C. I explain everything. And then and then hopefully by that time they feel more ready for the full get your body back program.
0: Well, it sounds like um, what, and I felt this way too in being new to yoga, but you said in the beginning, um, it was a little intimidating starting a yoga class and it sounds like this beginner series is super accessible for people who are brand new and, you know, so much so nobody sees you, you get to do it in your home and um, very digestible is what it sounds like, building you up to the, get your body back. So that's awesome. Yeah. Curious. How do you reset personally? How do you find peace personally?
1: Um, for me, uh, I believe my intention is to be able to find peace no matter where I am, (laughs) you know, especially lately. Sometimes it's hard being at home, uh, always around my family. And I tend to need a lot of alone time to, to discharge, you know, like all of the energy and kind of recharge my own battery. Um, because as a mother, you know, there's a lot you have to pour out of yourself, you know, to take care of your family, to care of your kids. So there's a lot asked, uh, required of you, you know, and, um, in order, and and this was another thing going back to when I started yoga, this was a thing that I really started understanding was in order, you you can't feel, you can't pour from an empty cup, and in order for me to take better care of my family, I have to take care of myself Mm -hmm. first, you know, I have to, and I can't feel guilty about it, right, this is, this is important for me to do to take one hour a day or two hours a day or whatever, to go to the gym or to, you know, get my me time so that I can be a better mom for you. So I don't lose my cool, you know, and I don't uh, snap at the kids or at my husband, you know, and I think just again, going back to your question, for me, I think my, my family is starting to understand that more now. And so you know, they're not going to make me feel guilty if I need to go to the, if I want to go for a walk or if I want to be alone for an hour, you know, like listen to a book or just sit outside, you know, I think they're, this is something that I've made very clear to them that mm-hmm. I need and that they also, you know, probably need. And going back to that one hour in your room for my kids, mm-hmm. it's is like, you may not want to do it, but we have to learn how to be okay with being alone. You don't have to feel lonely. Yeah, alone. you can feel lonely in a crowded room, or you can feel completely content, you know, when you are alone. So that's just, again, it goes back to your perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that. And I'm very much an introvert. I believe you said you're an introvert. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, yeah, it's like, very natural <laughs> to want to be alone to recharge and um, that's in there.
1: Sense but then there's also that part of us right that one that craves, that connection right it's yeah. not we don't want anyone ever it was like there's a balance
0: right? yeah totally totally <laughs> but yeah you have to have your cup filled up in order right. to then it's like putting on the airplane mask you first and the kid um yep yeah mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, trauma-informed yoga, and um, I bet there's a lot of cultivating peace working with that, uh, would you say? Um,
1: yeah, so after I did my 300-hour uh, practice yoga, mm-hmm. I, while I was there, I really started to get more interested in trauma, understanding trauma, understanding childhood trauma, mm-hmm. and how, you know, I feel that a lot of the suffering we experience as adults can somehow be traced back to what happened in our childhood you know mm-hmm. a lot of and then there's generational trauma and, you know and there's just like it goes it can be embedded in your genes you know and it can be passed down um, from your ancestors even though you have no idea what they went through you know and so it's it's really intriguing and fascinating to me to learn the science behind it, right? There's, mm-hmm. um, epigen- epigenetics and, you know, there's like, so, yeah. So there's, uh, so much science that supports philo- uh, t- yoga philosophy, you know, and I feel like that's, again, what really, appeals to my logical mind to my logical brain is that I need to understand something logically it has to make sense to me before I, I accept it as my truth or what I believe and that's why I had a hard time like being raised in a, in a specific religion like this is the right religion and all other religions are wrong but then all other religions say the same thing and this is like you know the way things were just de- that were described to me I could not comprehend or accept. Basically, I had really, I struggled with trying to rationalize and, and, you know, I learned about cognitive dissonance, you know, it's like how we try to rationalize certain things that maybe we are being hypocritical of, or maybe like, we would not accept if it was from another group, but we can rationalize it if it's from our group, you know, it's just like, or we don't, you know, like, so anyways, going back to the trauma component, it's just like, I have, I feel like in order for me to live a fulfilling and peaceful life, I have to examine my past.
0: Hmm.
1: I have to examine my childhood and my past patterns of who I am, how, how I think, what I believe and why. Um, and my, even my perception, why do I see things the way I see them, you know, and, and breaking all of that down. And then, and then, you know, like a lot of the world that we live in now, understanding why are people that way? Why do they treat others that way? You know, why are people so cruel and vicious and mean? And when you can understand trauma, you can understand why people are the way they are. You okay. know, and it starts to make more sense and then it develop, it helps you develop empathy. And when you have empathy, you you have less resentment and more peace. So again, going back to increasing peace. So, you know, it, it all plays into that ultimate goal of increasing peace, decreasing suffering. And when you understand others and why people do the things that they do and why are we suffering, you, you learn about trauma and then you learn the causes of trauma and you start to really come to the root of it. Mm. And I think that's essential to heal to, to heal from all of our past wounds and from our past generation, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's racial trauma, you know, there's just Mm -hmm. so much, you know, and even now there's going to be a lot of trauma because of the state that we're in with isolation, people Mm -hmm. who are by themselves, who are truly isolated. You know, you hear about the suicide rates going up and Mm. you you hear about, you know, like so much fear and propaganda and the way people are treating each other. And it's really sad, but it's so easy to get hooked in, right? If you go on social media and someone's being so opinionated, you know, they're like, oh, if you don't wear a mask, you're a horrible person. You only care about yourself. You don't, you know, want my grandma to die. That's just like, seriously, you know I mean? for me to understand trauma means that I can recognize where your fear is coming from and why you're behaving the way you're behaving. And I'm not going to let myself get hooked. Mm. Right. You know, the saying, misery loves company. And so oh. when someone is suffering, it's, it's almost like they want others to suffer with them, you know, and the mm. same thing with joy. When someone is happy, it's almost contagious being around that person because automatically that energy is lighter. So being aware of the energy that we have and that we spread I think is so important. We have to be accountable for how we are putting ourselves out there and how we are how we are affecting others. Are we making people are we increasing fear? You know, are we making people feel down? Are we making them feel angry? Are we creating division? You know, even if we feel like we have a right to be angry because we were wronged or our people were wronged. What is the tone that we are going out into the world with? We can choose to be divisive and angry and upset or we can choose to promote unity and love and compassion and empathy. You know, like we need to start taking accountability. Mm -hmm. We have to be more aware of what we post, you know, of what we promote Of our tone I mean words are powerful
0: Mm -hmm. and we don't realize that sometimes yeah so it sounds it sounds like from what you're saying the yoga is an opportunity to go inward and and examine yourself and heal maybe past trauma or whatever is there to be healed and then And that cultivates compassion, self compassion, love for yourself, all those things. And then that starts to um, emit out of you. And then that is what changes. So it sounds like yoga is going to change you from the inside and then that can change your outside perspective.
1: Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I, we have to first learn, just like I said, learn how to love ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and accept ourselves and have compassion for ourselves Yeah. You know, um, and forgive ourselves. You know, we're, we're going to make mistakes. You know, we've maybe done things that we regret, but we're only human, you know? Yeah. And what matters is what are we going to do today? What are we going to do tomorrow? You know, like, mm-hmm move forward (laughs) what happened in the past learn from it and then use it to have a better future have a better today you know like it's we are so dynamic right Mm -hmm. you know and I tell this to my daughter like people say all the time you know you're you're you know like she's she believes sometimes she internalizes like I'm a bad kid like if I get upset at something that she did. She's like, I'm just bad. Or I, you know, I, you think I'm a bad kid. And I'm like, no, you just made a mistake. You made a bad choice maybe, but mm-hmm. you are you, you are in charge of your actions and your decisions. And you can choose to do something good. You can choose to do something bad, but that doesn't mean you're good or bad. You are just you. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't define you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, are, we are just like an empty vessel, right? And we always have an opportunity to make a different choice if we want.
0: Mm. So something that keeps coming up on this show is um, yoga is what helps you remember that you have choices. Like every, everything's a choice. It's not this like, Oh, I'll accept it. Cause this is, this is presented in front of me, but everything is a choice. And um, yeah. And that, that you're speaking to that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. Um, what are you curious about these days? It could be have in terms of yoga or psychology or anything curious that you're about.
1: Um, I'm definitely, uh, I am more curious about, uh, I would like to learn more about trauma, uh, mm-hmm. continue. You know, I, I feel like I've just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg with my, with my, with my YTT and, mm-hmm. um, maybe in looking into the future of being a yoga therapist, you know, uh, oh, wow. and you know, that's something, you know, um, I'm definitely thinking about. Um, but there's just so much, you know, like I, that I feel like I would, that I'm curious about, I'm just curious about life. I'm curious about, um, how, how times are changing and how, how we are affected, you know, uh, in some ways, you know, in a more permanent way, from what 's going on right now, uh, how is it going to change how we live our lives in the future? Mm-hmm. what are things going to look like and I try to always remain curious with a little bit of detachment uh, because I do believe also you know when attachment also leads to suffering, when you really have mm-hmm. the expectation or a desire to have things turn out a certain way because you want them to, (laughs) which is natural. It's just human. But when you cling to that, you know, that desire that also perpetuates our suffering. And so knowing that things may not turn out the way I want them to, or maybe the thing, the way I thought they would, or I want, you know, whatever that I hoped, but, um, there's a peace in knowing that we don't know the full picture right? Our our understanding, our our capacity for knowing is so limited in our human brain. You know, there's so much we don't know, obviously, right now. Like, we know nothing about this virus, and even experts have, like, contradicting uh, viewpoints
0: on it. Oh, and for those who are listening, if you hear this, like, maybe, for, like, further out than when it's published, the, we're talking about the pandemic right now, so that's what we're referring to.
1: <clears throat> right. Um, So there's just, there's just, I think, if I had to define myself, I would just define myself as being curious about everything, (laughs) you know, just like knowing that I don't, I barely know anything. Yeah,
0: that's, I mean, that's an awesome way to live life, because everything, in a way, it's, it's, it's engaging, it's, um, there's inspiration to be had at every moment. um, And also,
1: I think, humility, right? It requires, humility, even if you consider yourself an expert in something, acknowledging that there's still more to learn, you
0: know. Don't you feel feel like the more you learn about the human body, the more you realize like, oh my god, there's just more that I don't know. Right, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Anything really. Absolutely, absolutely. And I probably should have asked you at the top, but I'm curious, I'm just genuinely curious, how did you start the it sounds like you've done multiple um, groups for people. You uh, Women's Empowerment Group, Austin Yoga Teachers Community. How did that start for you? Like just being a leader in that way? Like what inspired that?
1: Um, well, thank you. First of all, it's, it sounds really weird when people refer to me as a leader <laughs> for some reason. You know, it's just like I, it's funny because I always saw myself as a follower when I was growing up. I never... Saw myself as a leader or having the potential of leadership qualities, um, and so you know, just like I was saying, yoga really made me kind of break down those beliefs and those walls of what I am and what I am not, and it showed me, you know, like I have no idea what I'm capable of, and um, I I was um, almost in like. In a spiritual way, I felt like I was aligned with opportunities for leadership, almost as if like the universe is trying to show me like, look, you can handle this, you know, you can, you know, um, have leadership qualities and you can lead groups of people or guide them uh, Mm -hmm. to tapping into their own leader from within, because that's always like, I I don't want to be, you know, like put on a pedestal or considered a leader in that sense, but if if I learned something through yoga, it was that I am so much more powerful than I ever thought I was. And I want to help you realize that too. Mm. You know, I want you to see the gifts inside of you too, and to not be dependent on others, you know, or or your circumstances, to feel okay about yourself. And so that is my ultimate goal. And so with AYTC, with the group, the I was in my teacher training in my 300 hour, and I was just thinking of how nice it is to be in teacher training. You know, anyone who's done yoga teacher training, I'm sure they can relate that there's like this community, right, of your peers and everyone. We're like in the trenches, and it's hard, and you're you're talking about some really heavy stuff, and people are just emotional and breaking down and being raw and authentic you know and Uh and it's like you feel so supported and carried right you just it's nice to be in that group you're in this together but then you graduate and you're like off to the real world (laughs) it's just you're like this free bird and and it's just like wow now I have to figure everything out by myself and where's my community (laughs) you know and I realized that you know I was kind of sad to let go of my 300 hour um, community of students that I was with and we were students together and I wanted to continue being around people who we could be students together with even as teachers without having to enroll in another teacher training because that gets (laughs) kind of (laughs) expensive and so it was just again trying to find ways to stay connected um, which is again the theme of yoga: connection, unity. And there was this book that I read, uh, which Shanti had. Uh, she was one of my teachers in my 300 hour, and she had um, suggested. It was called *Courage to Teach* by Parker Palmer. Mm. And uh, it's just for anyone in the in the teacher's seat. You know, whether you're in education or you're even like in uh, healthcare, wherever, wherever you're a a leader or a teacher. And it was basically about how sometimes we can get separated from our true intention because of the business aspect, Oh yeah. you know, and especially as yoga teachers, I can see how, when you're in the business of yoga, you're getting, you can sometimes lose sight of your true intention, you know, and then you're trying to promote yourself and market yourself and bring people into your classes. And then maybe you forget, like, why you're doing this in the first place, you know, sometimes. And yeah. it's that competitive edge can sometimes sneak in, mm-hmm. um, and the ego, you know.
0: Well, and also survival, because it is is such a oversaturated market. And some people are just trying to make it just as yoga teachers, and that's yeah. their income. And, like, I've seen, I've been there, personally, and it, it's not pretty. But, yeah, I, I get you. Like, it's... It, it's so easy to lose sight of like why you teach like you, you start out with good intentions and then it's like oh I need to market this and right it, it becomes a whole I mean like I guess any profession that people are passionate about it can turn it can shift like that but um, right I agree it's like about getting back to why are you doing it being authentic yeah. your true your truth and why why you chose the path anyway
1: Yeah, which I found is really interesting because, you know, we're, we're, again, domesticated in society to be a certain way, to appear a certain way to others in order to be accepted or liked or followed by others. And so sometimes we get disconnected with our true nature because we're trying to fit in or, or have a sense of belonging or a community. And when you're trying to be a yoga teacher or make a living off of this, how do you do it without, without losing your, your true self, you know, like, and how do you do it while staying authentic, you know, like without being gimmicky?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and I will say my, I can only speak for myself, but um, it really sucks when you're a yoga teacher full time and you're trying to make rent and you have a scarcity mentality. I know. Because if you don't have a scarcity mentality, I don't feel like the promoting and the uh, hustling is quite as obnoxious. Um, And I'm just saying, I'm just speaking about my own journey. I, I, you know, I used to have more of a scarcity mentality now I have a lot less and I've noticed uh, the way I promote myself in the world has shifted. So anyone, maybe that might help someone out there. um, But I think, yeah, I mean, if, if you're afraid all the time, you're going to promote a bit differently.
1: 100%, and I'm so glad that you brought that up, because that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, is how so many people around us are functioning from that scarcity mentality, you know, like there's only so much of the pie, and I have to worry about getting my share, because there's not enough to go around, um, and that's how kind of society, if you like, functions, you know, is just like our default. And when we can shift and to an abundance mindset, um, which I don't know if this is yoga or spirituality or what. I mean, I feel like it's all connected, you know. And it, oh yeah, it's all unity, you know. And it, when you feel like there's enough for everyone, and we can all, you know, be taken care of, and I don't have to be greedy or worry about myself mm-hmm. at your expense, you know, and you know, and if I help you out, that doesn't mean I'm going to have less for myself. And even if I do, it's okay. I'll be good. You know, like, um, so even if I have like one slice of bread, you know, and I have four people in front of me and I have to cut it. You know, <laughs> if, if I can be generous and if I'm in a place of true, like need, right. Like mm-hmm. I am struggling and I need help my generosity will not go unnoticed you know like i I don't know if it's karma or universe or just people who recognize like that person was there for me when i needed them so i'm going to be there for them it it what goes around comes around and it's shown up over and over again
0: it and it comes back threefold and i will tell you um when from my experience of that scarcity and promoting i mean i I didn't get business. You know, you're not going to, the, the thing about that is like, you don't attract, you don't attract what you want to attract if you're holding on and hoarding. Right. And so like, you just have to hope and pray, um, <laughs> that you'll be provided for. And then usually, if you really believe it, usually you do. And I know that sounds really woo woo and oh, isn't that a great story? But <laughs> I really, I really, I mean, I really believe it. And I'm the most pessimistic person when it comes to stuff like that. I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, no, I absolutely so, agree. You know, I, I think it's, I think people need to try it out for themselves and see, see how it feels like, okay, this it's, is what I'm like. Right. It's not, it's not going to happen not. immediately, right? You have to be patient not. and you
1: have to be willing to surrender, right? Like there has to be like this letting go process, like, fuck it, like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, like, you know, that I'm just, I'm just going to come from a place of love without Mm -hmm. any expectation for immediate reciprocity, right? Like for immediate, like something in
0: return, you know, acknowledgement or appreciation. Yeah, the tit for tat thing, you have to let that go out the window. And going back to childhood trauma or anything like in that nature, if you grew up in a scarcity household, Mm -hmm. Oh, you can bet. You might have some of that in your adult life, and so you have to kind of undo all that what you saw growing up. And again, I'm speaking just for myself. Like, had to undo all that, Um, and it's it's going to be a lifelong thing. It's not, you know, it's it's not not easy. Oh, I'm done. I'm I don't have to worry about that ever again.
1: (laughs) Right? It's it's not easy. It is so hard, and it feels very unnatural because that's not how we are programmed or conditioned, right? We are kind of going against what's been ingrained in us, right? And we are, it's very, I guess, vulnerable. It feels very vulnerable,
0: right? Yeah. And I will say the only reason why I share this story is because I've had other friends in my life who I trust and who are not full of shit. You know, they're very genuine people who are successful. And who have told me similar stories. And so I needed to hear their stories of experiencing scarcity and being with it and like choosing to change it in order for me to actually try it. Um, Like even if I read it in a book, I don't think I would have like been like, oh, yeah, no, that's not for me. Like I've seen people experience a shift in real life. I agree.
1: I agree. I've witnessed it in celebrities. I've witnessed it in people that I know firsthand. Uh I've seen people, you know, rise and then fall Uh because of their greed and their narcissism. Right. I mean, it comes back and it, you know, just like karma, it comes back and people get what they put out. And that's why I kind of have like this peace and this trust You know, knowing that things will always play out the way they're meant to, people will always get what they deserve. I may not see it, (laughs) it may not happen right away, but eventually it catches up. Yeah. And I will, you know, for being a good person, even though I may never be acknowledged or recognized or whatever, I know that in my heart I'm doing the right thing and I will be taken care of again. It goes back to
0: spirituality.
1: And that's the that's the way I feel at peace is to have that trust.
0: Yeah. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't before we close this thing out or? Um,
1: No, I don't know if I ever answered your question about AYTC that, uh, you know, creation of it. I think it was, it was from a place of knowing that when we, when we come together with that pure intention, right? We were all somehow as yoga teachers, we were all, um, impacted by yoga in some way, and we were all inspired for some reason to become teachers and to pass this philosophy, this gift of yoga uh, to others, right? And I feel that that intention is beautiful and it's pure, but sometimes because we are human, we can get separated from that intention or we forget it, and mm-hmm. we try again because we are trying to make a living or pay bills, and so, uh, that scarcity mentality can take over. Um, But I truly believe and that's why I created this group is that when we can come together in unity to take care of each other to learn from each other because there's so much wisdom collectively right like we all have so much to share and when we can give to each other and support one another then I feel that ultimately benefits the world right like to me it's like this, this goal of helping the world be better in some way, right? Helping to make the world a better place in some way. And so I feel again, like it starts with us. It starts with us making ourselves better in order for the world to be better. We have to start from within. And I feel like this is just another another tool to help us achieve that goal.
0: Yeah. And having a supportive community. I mean, that is what's going to propel people forward. That's going to help people to help others more efficiently. So thank you for creating that. Uh, It's a great resource. So yeah, if you're in the Austin area and you are a yoga teacher, check out Austin Yoga Teacher Community. Y'all are on Facebook primarily or y'all other places? It's mostly on on Facebook. Um,
1: We do have a Instagram handle. Uh, I don't post on there very much, but uh, we, we try to keep up with it. It's ATX Yoga Teachers. Okay. A T X Yoga Teachers is the Instagram.
0: Great, so. thank you. And uh, Myra, where can people find you personally online?
1: So um, I'm on. So I have my Facebook yoga page, which is Myra's Yoga Tribe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then on Instagram, I'm on. Um, it's at M Shake eighty one, and that's M S H A I K H eighty one. And then I also have a website. Uh, It's just myrashake.com.
0: Great. And all this is in the show notes. So you're one click away from connecting to Myra. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you
1: so much for having me. It was an honor.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and increasing peace with the knowledgeable Myra Shaikh. She really brought some interesting points up on the subject of peace. And I like how she speaks about being okay, being alone. And that's a skill that all of us really should cultivate in our own lives, I think. Um, And if you would like to connect with Myra. All of her infos in the show notes. So you're just one click away from connecting to her. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with your friends. Also, please consider supporting the podcast on our Patreon. They're exclusive member perks the link to that is in the show notes or you can simply go to ashleyweberyoga.com to find out more and if you would like to help the podcast further please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast you can email us at yoga at gmail.com the and is spelled out y-o-g-a-a-n-d podcast at gmail please follow us on instagram at yogaandpodcast and let us know if you have any specific topics for future episodes. We now have merch such as coffee mugs, tote bags, t-shirts, and more. You can find out all that at my website, ashleyweveryoga.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.